Hello, everyone, again. This is Joyce Davis, Pen Live's opinion editor, and we're here with another Battleground PA podcast. Today, we're going to talk with our usuals, Rajette Harris and Jeffrey Lord, about the recent developments that are indeed, well, interesting, if not earth shattering. We're going to talk about Bill Barr, the attorney general, and the challenges that uh, he seems to be facing, as well as the Democratic caucuses. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back with another Battleground PA. This is Battleground PA, a PenLive podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. Okay, I am back and ready to rock and roll with Rajette and with Jeffrey. How are you guys doing this morning? Good, how are you? Yes, great. A word to our listeners, please, if you want to join us, you can always send us a message at Battleground PA on Twitter or Facebook and at topics at battlegroundpa.org. So we look forward to hearing from you and please subscribe if you can and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are ready to talk. And where do we want to start? Why don't we start with the controversy that's now surrounding our Attorney General, Bill Barr? I don't know if you want to give our readers some context on, on what's going on, Jeffrey, but let's talk about it. I'd love to hear what you think about, um, apparently there are a lot of signatures calling for his resignation because of concerns that he may not be objective or independent enough. Yeah, this is a huge, huge battle coming for this reason. People like me would see this as a battle between Bill Barr trying to get control of an out-of-control bureaucracy and what many of us see as a two-tiered standard of justice. If you are liberal, if you are a liberal attorney general, you can have all kinds of problems and no one blinks. If you're a poor General Mike Flynn, and like Andrew McCabe, who was accused of lying four different times, I think, in the IG report, they show up at your office and don't tell you you need a lawyer, and then they write up a report that says you lied, and then later they say, well, he really didn't lie, and they throw the book at him and he has to lose his house and his finances and everything else. Meanwhile, Andrew McCabe gets off Scott free. So you, is, you really see this, this is, as politics already entering the department, right? I think it's been there. When you look at, and I've written them down, of course, mm-hmm. four different examples in the Obama Justice Department. Uh, Eric Holder, as attorney general, was found in criminal contempt by the House for refusing to turn over documents related to Fast and Furious. No investigation by the Justice Department. He refused to prosecute the Black Panthers for voter intimidation refused to cooperate with a Civil Rights Commission investigation, no investigation. The other was Attorney General Loretta Lynch had this secret tarmac meeting with President Bill Clinton during the whole Hillary email furor, no prosecution or investigation. And last but not least, Eric Holder described his role as Attorney General as being President Obama's wingman. Mm. There were no letters of 1,100 outraged uh, lawyers, yeah, and the, and the, most of whom, a, I might add, it's now been clear, are Democrats. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I, I remember hearing an interview with someone from the Bush administration, the first Bush administration, who was opposed to this and who was really quite outspoken. But it, is, it does raise the question that why do people feel, I mean, uh, Rajat, why, why do people feel the need right now to, I mean, the last I heard, there were 2,000 people who were somehow connected to the Justice Department 
who find this a real threat to democracy. This is more than a political issue, and I know that's the line that Republicans like to use any time the administration is being put on the line for something. But you're right. Over 2,000 former federal prosecutors are also asking for the attorney general to resign. And I'd like to add, these are Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, I know. That was the Um, thing that... that Also, you have Donald Iyer, the former deputy attorney general under former president George H.W. Bush, who is also asking for Bill Barr to That's resign. That's the interview I think I heard. Perhaps, yes. On yes. Right. Okay. All yes. right. So, you know, you can't just say this is just the Democrats going after him again. You know, the fundamental problem is that, you know, Barr does not believe in the central mission of the government, which is that no one, even the president, is above the law. He's acting as his personal employee rather than the role that he was elected in. And to his benefit, he did recently say that the president needs to stop his tweeting, tweeting, (laughs) that it is interfering with his job and it's hard for him to become independent. And we saw what happened to the last attorney general when he tried to be independent of the president. Well, Jeffrey, you you obviously see this a little bit differently. Do you don't think really this is... um, a bipartisan concern over the over and and what are your views about how independent the Justice Department should be and and the Attorney General? Well, I think it should be independent, but I don't think it is. And having worked in Washington, and and this is not limited to the Justice Department. And we saw this with, we talked about this last week, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. I mean, it's at the State Department. What you have are career employees who are basically liberal elites. And in the case of the Justice Department, liberal elites with law degrees. Ditto in the FBI. And in this case, they were all up in arms about Donald Trump as a candidate and as president-elect and then as president. They went out of their way. I mean, they falsified material, according to the IG, the inspector general, to get these FISA warrants. This is a Yeah, ser- that, to me, that was a scandal. Th- this that is a serious is problem here. But, but let's not confuse, let's not conflate, because I, I mean, I, we all really are concerned about and how do you correct it if we really do have a problem with the Justice Department? First of all, do we agree that it should be independent? And I guess yes. the other question is the president has, has apparently stated that he has every right to interfere. Well, the What's president the, is the, the head of the executive branch of government without question. I don't know if you've seen this, but Alan Dershowitz is uh, apparently there's a lawsuit unmentioned as to who the target or what the subject is. But in the course of it, he, Alan Dershowitz, has said that he has a, we're going to get a little technical here, a 302. A 302 is a Justice Department or FBI form where they've interviewed somebody about a situation, et cetera, and it's all in writing, et cetera. And there is apparently a 302 out there that says that President Obama himself called the Attorney General of the Justice Department to, at the request of George Soros, to get somebody investigated. Well, now. <laughs> well, that's not, look, from from where I sit, I don't care who does it. I don't right. like the right. idea and, of and the president. And this isn't about President Obama. This yes, is, it is, we're in a new administration. Bill Barr was not President Obama's attorney general. He was nominated by President Trump. And I think we need to stay in the current. I know you love to go back in the past. Well, yeah, but let's I mean, stick I just with, don't think we 20, get to have a two-tier system here. of justice. And, you know, no, um, but we but, should have done something then but if the that the problem was the case. is uh, Bill Barr is acting more as the president's personal advocate. The and, Obama term was wingman. And, 
<laughs> well, last time I checked again, Donald Trump is our president, and he just made the ballot for Pennsylvania to run again this year. So again, I'm in the now. I'm in 2020. All of these accusations of what the Obama administration did, whether if they were true, then something should have been done then. But we're dealing with it now. Well, we should do it now. We are. We're dealing it. We're dealing with it now with with William Barr, and that's why you so have. So you're going to let we, all these other people off the hook. That's why you have Republicans and Democrats coming forward and saying this is a problem and it needs to be dealt with. But at least we do have one point of agreement. We all do agree that we want our judiciary, we want our um, the attorney general and the Department of Justice to be independent of yes. politics. Let, right? let me just say one thing for, for history's sake to yeah. go back. As, as I guess you all know, one of my childhood heroes was Robert Kennedy, for whom they've named the Department of Justice. But as an adult and somebody who's studied political science and history, boy, the Kennedy De Justice Department was pretty political there. Well, right, right. Uh, I mean, and there were people know, who so, were up in arms about his appointment of his brother as well at right. the time. So but, another, uh, I mean, my point is this is not a first. It's not first for, for the Trump. It's not first for Obama. This has been going on for a very, very, very long but time. But there is a first. The first is we have Twitter now. We have Facebook now. Um, we have the internet now. We've never had a president that tweets the way that we have now and actually goes after people whom he disagrees with. Things are very different. And you can't deny that even William Barr himself has said that the president needs to stop tweeting about the Justice Department and that it's making his job difficult. That came from him. That's not coming from well, a Democrat. Before, that's not coming from former long, President Obama. That's coming from William Barr himself. Long before the 21st century in Twitter, the Kennedy Justice Department sent FBI agents to roust steel executives out of bed at some god-awful hour of the morning because U.S. Steel or whatever had raised the price of steel. So they misused the FBI to do that. Twitter didn't but can exist. You the principle that, is though? the same. But, but can I, you comment on that? On that statement that's from the current attorney general, what do you personally think about that? Uh, which statement? Are, do you yeah, Bill Barr. The, basically, his, his, his that the president, that, sure. that the president's making his job hard. I, I, I don't think. You know, frankly, I've I, never understood for a policy being made by tweet, which is apparently every tweet he makes is actual well, policy. I just, think, I just don't I think, you think that's a little strange? I just think that's the future. <laughs> As us boomers, you know, it's a problem. But for, you know. yeah, yeah, okay, boomer, <laughs> we boomers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in a serious sense, then right. I, I think I've said this. I, a long time ago, wrote a column. I went and looked historically. For Abraham Lincoln, it was the telegraph. And before Washington was even totally strung up with telegraph wires, he was running the Civil War with it. And you can mm. find these telegraphs from generals saying, as of 20 minutes ago, right, right. you know, and that's 1861. Right. With FDR, it was radio. With JFK, it was live television. Right. Hillary Clinton got in trouble because of emails. So now we're moved on to you Twitter. You are very good at not answering questions. Are you sure you're not a politician? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so what was the question? All right. Wait. Uh, the, the question was: Do you do you agree that it is problematic for the president to be tweeting, especially I, about I, I, criminal cases? I will say cases? this: I, I am not a lawyer, but I think when it comes to a criminal case, yeah, I do okay. think that that's all right. So, so we we agree. Look, we, that? Agree, Is that all we right? agree it should be independent, and we agree that it's problematic for the president to be intervening by tweet. But here's the bottom line: is we don't really think Bill Barr is going to resign, do we? I mean, you're no. you're bit best. So, where does this leave us? I mean, does this leave us with things continuing as they are? I mean. 
are you at all? Is anybody concerned about where this is going to lead the United States? I mean, as a I think as it a depends on what uh, William Barr does. I'm curious to see if he tries to become more independent. When Sessions did that, we saw what happened. Um, so I think a lot depends on him. As of now, no, he's not going to resign. But if he continues making statements, he also admitted when he made that statement about the tweets that he was expecting some type of backlash from the president. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what Why didn't we get takes. that backlash, Jeffrey? I mean, wouldn't you have expected the same thing, that the president wouldn't like that statement? What, what's that about? Well, I think, do you think, I, anyway? I, I, th- I think, I mean, I, I think I can say with fact that the president is furious about what he sees as a two-tier standard of justice, mm. that poor General Flynn is having his life ruined and all sorts of people on the other side skate. Mm. And I would suggest and he's this trying is, to rectify that and, and bring right. some justice and, and to and the this situation. Is, this is a mammoth problem that goes yeah. far beyond the Department of Justice. I mean, this is the problem with the civil service, if you will, and career See, although employees. You, you, and I, you and I may disagree on that because I've worked with some of these people. I mean, you know, in the State Department and all. And there's a value to having people who have experience. You know that, to have sure. experience. Sure, but they're res- not in charge. They're be- employees. Yes, but they they bring a certain amount of expertise, of knowledge. And to me, creating especially things like foreign policy without that historic experience when, and context is, is, is folly. But when you know. the president of the United States, and I don't care what his or her name is, says X is the policy, you execute the policy. And if you don't like the policy, you quit. Well, except, except if they apparently, if they're told something illegal, there are ways that they're supposed to respond and not execute the policy, yeah, but, right? But I mean, what, that's what we're, we're hearing from some have, of the military What people. we have here is a culture. I mean, I, I would refer you to a guy by the name of J. Christian Adams, who was a young lawyer in the Justice Department, a career employee, and he quit. Because he, this was during the Obama era, he said that the department had been become so politicized that they weren't following the leads and weren't doing the investigations they needed to do because they were politically unpopular with Attorney General Holder. Well, listen, I'm, this we're kind of to thing take, goes on all the time, and, and, and I'm that's willing the to concede. I'm willing to concede that maybe we need a whole scale review of everything, and that maybe this is being exposed now. But it is now, and we need to stick with it now. So let, let me just do this. We'll come back. We may have another word on this, but we need to get into what's going on with the Democrats and what's going on with <laughs> this new guy. I don't know who he is called Bloomberg. So stay tuned. We'll be right back to continue our conversation on Battleground PA. Okay, we're back. If you would like to join our conversation, please do at Battleground PA. Twitter or Facebook, and you can email us at topics at battlegroundpa.org. And please, if you have not subscribed, do so. We need you to subscribe and to rate us wherever you get your podcasts. So we are back, Jeffrey. We are back, Regette. Let's head into it. I don't know if anybody, I think we said a lot about Bill Barr, so we'll just have to wait and see how that uh, develops. But now to be continued. To be continued. <laughs> yes. And it will be continued. We'll be watching this for the next week, but. And two. <laughs> right. Let's talk about the Democrats and what's going on. Cause that's, look, it's perennially, it's, it's, it's so interesting. Uh, what is happening? We thought this one was ahead. We thought that was ahead. All of that gets turned around in Iowa and New Hampshire. And now we're looking at the surge of Bloomberg. So, Rajat, give us some context. Bloomberg. 
former mayor of New York, has stepped in with all of his money to change the world. What's happening? He's showing how important money is in these elections. He's going to debate for the first time in the next day or two. And I'm sure he's already preparing for the <laughs> onslaught of um, questions. I'm sure everyone's going to be on the attack with him because of his money. Um, none of the other candidates, I think they said he spent more than all of the other candidates combined. Well, I've heard a half, already. a half a billion dollars. And he's willing to go more. Pocket change to him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, but let, let's, let's put it in context. So right now it does look like Bernie Sanders is, is leading at least in yes. the Nevada caucus, right? He came Which in- Which is another topic. I mean, I think I'm already seeing things coming from uh, Nevada Democrats that they're concerned that their their caucus process may have problems. Yeah, we, we're hearing that. Because it's new yeah. again. It's yeah, a, it's new with again. Some new- but but just, to, just to give our listeners the context, Bernie still seems, it's, it's, it seems to be at the top. Second now, at least in Nevada, is Bloomberg, right? And then everyone else is kind of coming down. Uh, Biden is after them, right, by a few percentage points. And then I think it's Warren and Klobuchar and Buttigieg, right? Is that? Somewhere in there. Okay, yeah, that's yes. kind of the layout. Yes. Well, what's interesting, though, is, again, as we all know, this is a delegate race. Right. So mm-hmm. if you look at the that's actual true. delegates, yeah. Pete Buttigieg is actually ahead by a little bit. Then it's Bernie. Elizabeth Warren is actually third. Okay. So depending right. on what measure you're looking at, someone else is ahead. Bloomberg is, as you said, is up in the polls. But since he's he hasn't competed yet until now, he's actually at the bottom of the list. Okay. So let's talk about Bloomberg. Let's spend a few minutes with him. I, I challenged Jeffrey, and I'm going to have to backtrack on that <laughs> last week, because you said, oh, when all this stuff starts coming out about him, there are these... That is, and I said, well, you know, cause I'd been hearing just because he had one policy at one time, if he's changes and apologized with regard to the stop and frisk, that might skate with, and it, I think that's less of a problem than some of the stuff coming about, about his attitudes toward women. Right. I've taken a bad, at first I thought, okay, I'll deal with the racial stuff. But then when I heard some of the women's stuff, it's kind of made me crazy. Don't forget the farmers. <laughs> well, see, I, so, so, so Jeffrey Rajet, I mean, more is coming out about Bloomberg. He's Let now me. going to be in a debate, right? So is this going to, even with all the money, as somebody said, you can't erase right. your record. Let, so, let, let me just say, say, in a generic sense, if you're somebody like Donald Trump or, in my day, Ronald Reagan, which is to say you've been on the public scene for decades and people know who you are for better or for mm-hmm. worse, right? if and when you run for president, you're a very, very known quantity. If you're anybody else, and in the past that's included people like Bill Clinton, Jimmy, or Buttigieg, Jimmy Carter, right at this point, Buttigieg yeah, he's now, a new newcomer, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Mike Bloomberg, Mike Bloomberg is known in New York City, but beyond that, I mean, people don't really know about his background. Mm-hmm. So the danger always is that you've said something out there, and in this day and age, it's on videotape, and your opponents. Are digging like crazy. Yep, to this find is, it. Yeah. This is in fact what happened to Joe Biden in nineteen eighty seven when he was running in the Dukakis campaign, dug up this business with Neil Kinnock, the British labor leader, and he was plagiarizing from him and they did a side by side video thing. Well, you know, things unfolded and he was out of the race because he was at that point a new person as a national figure. So this is the danger. And I have to say that one of two things is happening here. Either the Bloomberg people themselves 
are putting this stuff out to inoculate him. Or one of the other candidates, or maybe more than one of the other candidates, <laughs> have full-time oppo research, and they're, they've just found a treasure trove of this stuff, and they're drip, drip, dripping well, it out. Well, now listen, one thing that Trump has done, he's let us know that you don't need to be to be a perfect model of morality and everything else to be right. president. So people are willing, I think, now to look past some faults. But as he as some of this stuff comes out and as he gets attacked by other Democrats, how, wh- where do you see that leaving him, Rajat, and leaving the Democrats? Well, that's what's so great about his resources is he has the money to get the message out to either one, as Jeffrey said, is he getting ahead of it now? Mm. But he can shape it in a way that is more favorable toward him because of his money. <laughs> wow. And, it, it, you yeah. know, when you think about yeah. it, sometimes people attack you. You don't have the resources to defend yourself. Right. That's right. not the situation with him. So right. I'm curious to see. Um, how this, how but, this I mean, does have you play seen out. some of these, uh, these, um, I don't want to go into a whole lot of it here, but it's pretty bad. Some of these things that he said yeah. about women and, and, and I don't know how you shape some of that. Throw stuff. kids, throw black kids up against the wall. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I see this stuff and I'm, oh, holy cow. I mean, and, and are the Democrats going to attack him on that to get him out of the way? Oh, I mean, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I see yeah. Democrats already attacking him. On this, and um, that's why I think this might be probably one of the most interesting debates. Yes, with mm-hmm. him there because they're definitely going to ask him. I may ask even him about watch it. this time. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I, this is the Bloomberg debate. For yeah, sure. right. So let me ask you this: With Bernie's leading in Nevada, right? From what we can yes. see, the latest poll. How much of a threat is that to what the Democrats are hoping to? I mean, are you are you at all concerned that Bernie really is not a good candidate for to 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 stand up against uh, Donald Trump? I mean, I don't know. As I, he may be, but do you really see a socialist candidate, semi-pseudo-communist, being able to withstand Donald Trump? If he wins the nomination, then obviously winning through so many candidates, that shows he does have a, a big base. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do have a group of people who want anyone but Trump. So will that be enough to overtake Trump? You know, we'll, we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually more interested in what happens um, when we start going down south yeah. in a few days. Right. And then we get into Super Tuesday in a couple of weeks. So we still have a long road. You know, I initially thought Bloomberg could start peeling away some of Biden's support. But I'm a little less certain about that now. What do you think? Yeah, about precisely because of all this stuff that keeps coming out about him. I mean, increasingly, I'm wondering if this is not just going to be a weeks and weeks and weeks long slugfest. Somebody wins here. Somebody else wins right. over here. Somebody comes in yep, first yep. or second here. That's what I it's still find, like. find it hard to think this is going to go all the way to the convention. But I really do think that the divide between, quote unquote, moderates and the far, far left, the socialists, I think that's a real thing. And I think no matter who loses... Yeah. That there are going to be a lot of angry people on the losing side. And that's my biggest concern. Yeah. Are they still going to come out and vote? Um, Mm. When you put so much energy into a candidate and you don't get that candidate, will you still vote for another candidate? in, In the Bernie sense, if they feel that it was rigged against him the last time and that, you know, there's an attempt to do this again. Well, the other issue, too, is if the Democrats are concerned, if the people who say never Trump and not going to vote for Trump, if they're doing it really less on the policies and less on concerns about the economy, but more on character and integrity, are they going to really vote for someone who's a Democrat who may have those same 
questionable issues there, like a Bloomberg? I mean, but many people, people were going with Bloomberg because he had the resources to really take it to him, right? But if you've got the same questionable integrity, questionable background, is that really going to galvanize Democrats to vote? Or will they just stay home again? But we have so many people who are elected, even if you take politics out of it, when you think of some of the more popular celebrities and stuff, it's sad to say, but we're almost becoming desensitized to a lot of the attacks, um, not the attacks, but a lot of the allegations coming out um, about Bloomberg. We continue to come across people who have these questionable items and they keep getting elected or we keep buying the music (laughs) (laughs) going to the movies so i wonder how much it's going to when we have two women running in the democratic race but women are voting more than men but they're not voting for the women so let's stop right there and talk about that that's a good point to bring up oh who was it i believe it was the former secretary of state who said there's a special place in hell (laughs) Right, for women who want that got her into trouble. (laughs) But what are you, what is at least your thoughts on why women do not seem to be really galvanizing around any either of the two female candidates, not as a block, so to speak? What what are your thoughts on that? You don't know what? (laughs) (laughs) Can't figure it out. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we have two women who are running and they're different. You have a moderate one Mm -hmm. and you have one that's more progressive, supporting more of those socialist policies. So you have a woman running uh, both with experience. In some cases, they're more experienced than the men. Right. Um, But yet they're voting more for a Pete Buttigieg, who's only Mm -hmm. been, you know, a small time uh, mayor versus these two very established, very educated very capable uh, women. I think it was Elizabeth Warren that said in the one debate, only the women on the stage haven't lost an election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I wish I knew. I don't know. It's it's still attitude subconscious about mm. who should be president, who should be in leadership positions, um, because we still have those gender stereotypes. I know I come across it myself as chair. You are treated differently. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So even if it's subconscious. So I don't know if it's that. Jeffrey, I mean, we have a lot of women supporting Trump, right, in the Republican Party. Yeah, there. I know a lot of them. And, Absolutely. You know, they seem to like the strong male, right? I mean, what is that about? Well, they like Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and this is one of my beefs with Democrats and, and the American left is they'll always say, we, we've got to have a woman president or we got to have a black president or we got to have a Hispanic president. And now, you know, Pete Buttigieg is, is gay. But in point of fact, they don't really believe that. What they are saying is we want a liberal who is female. We want a liberal who is black or who is gay or is Hispanic. Because I remember in two- So it's the ideology that's yeah, more important yeah. When than I remember the, in 2008, mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton loses the nomination to Barack Obama. And all of these people who said, we got to have a woman on the ticket, I said, well, there she is. Her name is <laughs> right. Quite qualified, Sarah Palin, yeah, yeah. governor well, of Alaska, yeah, right? Okay, well. and, and they just flipped out. Yeah. No way so am I going to, you know, and that, and that but is But again, typical. it's not any woman, but even the qualified push, women are- I have are, to push go, back go on that a lot, though, because women and people of color do not get the support from political parties, mm. even the Democrat Party, that your white male candidates get, rather, rather they're Now, when they're you say support, straight. what do you mean? I'm Financing, talking about, do you mean just, just marketing or, or? Finance, uh, financial, I'm talking about support. 
I'm talking about staffing. Endorsements. Endorsements. uh I'm talking about even recruitment. Mm -hmm. Parties are more likely to recruit male candidates than they are women or people of color. Unless I will agree if you fit a certain mold that they're they're looking for. Um, Even in some cases, um, there are some cases where I would even argue um, that uh, there's been a little bit more advancement in certain Republican circles as far as um, people of color and women. So I, I will say that I'm not saying it's one party. This is one area where I think both parties lack in their support for women. It is and very strange. If we had, if we had a Republican ticket, I'm just surmising right. here in the future that consisted of Senator Tim Scott, an African American Republican mm. senator and conservative from South Carolina, with say Marsha Blackburn, the conservative female senator from Tennessee. Democrats would flip out. Mm, yep. <laughs> they would say, no way on God's green earth. And I just want to remind everyone as well. I mean, everyone loves President Obama now. But when he first ran, oh, yeah. He'll, he'll it never was make very it. different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, who does he think he That's is? Right. He should wait his turn. He's exactly. not experienced. That's the right. unions, everyone was against him. He earned that. Whether and you like Clintons. him, <laughs> well, <laughs> no, whether you like him or not, yeah. you have yeah. to admit he strategized and he won that. So well, Barack Obama, doable. I just, I mean, I, let me just say for the record, Barack Obama, like Donald Trump, like Ronald Reagan, like JFK, was a seriously good candidate yes. for president. I mean, but, and, and but you it have didn't to look be like it superficially. To you know, to me, you, superficially, what he he really wasn't experienced. He hadn't been in, in uh, the only in way you find long. out is to do it. That's right. That's and, exactly and, right. You know, I, I question is, is Pete Buttigieg one of these people? Yeah, I think yeah. it's possible. Well, let's let's stop here because we only have two minutes. It's to, the connection. You have to be able to connect yes. to the voters. Yes, let's, you do. Let's talk though about this because we didn't talk about the attack that Rush Limbaugh, who just got this wonderful award, made. Made on 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 Buttigieg to really focus in on his sexuality to talk about do we really want I mean I don't want to miscategorize what he said he was actually raising the question uh, what, what he was saying and, and and I should say for the record that I know Rush and I listened to him his first day back yesterday and talked about it, and I knew what he was saying what he's saying and you mentioned earlier uh, if somebody's a white male candidate in in the world of politics particularly other political people, are always looking at a candidate and saying, is X factor, is being black, is being a woman, is in this case being gay, is this going to set but, off but, some but sort of thing honest, with very But to be honest, voters? the way he did it, there's one way to raise it intellectually and to say, let's talk about this. It was, do we really want this guy that's, who's sitting there kissing his boyfriend? No, it, it, rush was being rush. <laughs> I mean, that was a, the, sometimes it's the way you do it, not really well, what's his, been done, his you know? point was, is, are, are, are Democrats going to do a thumbs down on this? Like they do with women. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, and that's a <laughs> that's legitimate a point, question. Yes. He might, I mean, remember, knowing Rush, this is somebody, one of his uh, friends in life is he, Sir Elton yeah. John, you know, who who's married and gay and all of yeah, the rest. He, was, I mean, he wasn't saying it, but that's he was. Just not Rush. He was really saying Mr. Man versus Mr. Gay. I mean, that which is, to me, was a, was offensive. And there was a way to raise the discussion without being offensive, I thought. And that's part of that is what's the problem I think we're dealing with, even with the Trump administration. It's how. It's not sometimes what. It's not what you say. It's, it's how you say how, it. sometimes how, you know, but. You know, that God love him. That's why he's got a, a strong base because they apparently like that, right? Yeah. That questioning 
the, the liberal view of the world. I mean, and challenging again, how, it, which is what again, Rush does. Right, but it's again, it's not doing it. It's how you do it. Well, do I you just, do it with I just think the coverage with- of Rush versus what he actually says and how he says it. I mean, I'm one of these people that listens to him three times a day, five times a week. <laughs> Or, or, you know, three hours I, a day. I have tried to tune in, and it's kind of hard. And for the audience, Rochette is over here shaking her head in disbelief. But, but he's right. you got to know what's being said out there. Well, with that, I'm afraid I'm going to have to cut it off and just hope that uh, we are able to uh, ha- to at least discuss this again in a way. I think especially we do need to discuss whether American public, really Democrats or, Republic, or Republicans, are ready for candidates who are a little bit different out of the mold, not just the Trump out of the mold, but a Buttigieg out of the mold, and women in, in particular. Yeah, Rajat had the final word. I will say that it might show that attitudes toward the GLBT community is changing because he is doing so well versus women versus people of color where attitudes might be somewhat still the same. Yeah. You know, we have different types of discrimination, but they're all different. A lot of people, I had a coworker the other day say, until she heard that with Lush Limbaugh, she didn't even know he was gay. Uh, she just saw him mm-hmm. as a, a young white male candidate. You know, you can see someone's a woman. You can see someone's African-American or Hispanic, but you can't always look at someone and tell they're gay. So it, it's but different But you know, that, that, that speaks to another thing, and we will have to cut it off here. Are the American people informed? It wasn't hard to know that what, that Pete Buttigieg is, is a gay male who has a, who has a husband. So where what are we doing wrong with making sure American people are informed when they go into those polls? Maybe that's something we'll take up in our next discussion. So thank you, Rajet. Thank you, Jeffrey. We appreciate your being here. And thank you, our listening audience out there, for joining us once again on Battleground PA. This was Battleground PA. Be sure to rate and subscribe to us so you don't miss a beat. Have an idea for an episode? Tweet us at Battleground PA or email us at topics at battlegroundpa.org. Meanwhile, stay in the know between episodes on penlive.com. Battleground PA is hosted by PenLive's opinion and editor, Joyce Davis, and is produced by Penn Studios director, Salim Michelle McClouf, and edited by Martin Boutros. For more info and past episodes, visit us at battlegroundpa.org.